welcome to In The Rising Podcast. My name is Bettina, and this is the platform I've chosen to talk about living a life that's in alignment with your hopes, your dreams, your purpose, your goals, and what your vision is for your life. Walking away from the shame, the blame, the negativity that tends to hold us back and hold us down. So I like to start off by saying that I am not a counselor, psychiatrist, psychologist, but I am a life coach and a healthcare professional who really wants to figure out what makes us tick. And right now I've had um, just a wonderful time having great conversations with people. And today I am able to speak with Dr. Solani Singh uh, from New Delhi, India. So it was my first podcast with someone in India. um, And I was really excited about that. And just her voice Listen to her voice, that there is so much calm and wisdom and confidence in her voice. So I welcome you and enjoy. Welcome, Dr. Saloni. Um, seeing, thank you so much for coming to my podcast today. I am so grateful for your time. Where are you today? Thank you so much, Bettina, for having me. I am calling from New Delhi, India, and I'm good. You're the first person in India that I've had the opportunity to speak with. So I'm super excited. <laughs> Lovely. I am excited as well. So you actually have a very, very interesting story. I went to your website. I've read about you. And it says that you were trained as a gynecologist, but changed your path. You want to go a little bit into detail about that? Sure. I would love that, Badina. Because a lot of people actually do ask me this question when they get to know that uh, I have been trained in medicine as a gynecologist before. So uh, to be really honest, I think it's more of a spiritual journey than a career change. So as a child, I always knew that I was intrigued with psychology, spirituality. But I was growing up in a very small town of India and uh, we didn't have any career counselors. And if you are a good student, that means you either become a doctor or an engineer and clearly I didn't like physics and maths so I I took the medicine path it was only in the first year of my medical school that I realized that oh it looks like I'm in the wrong place I just didn't feel I belonged there the subjects I was not enjoying at all and I realized that it was quite a struggle even though I used to just love studying as a child So I just couldn't understand. I thought something is wrong with me. What has gone wrong? I was always feeling bad about myself. Why I'm not, you know, able to put my efforts and study well, even though I passed well. But uh, being, you know, a scholar and always in the top students, it was quite uh, disheartening and disappointing the way I was feeling. It was only after, you know, my, after I became, you know, after my post-graduation, I became gynecologist and I got married and I and my husband went to UK for higher studies and I was working in London as a gynecologist. That's when I realized it was that it was not that there was a problem with me. It was just that medicine was not for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think I was in the right place at the right time. I was on maternity leave with my second daughter and I started looking 
looking for different options in psychology and i was re- i always used to read a lot you know spirituality a lot of things around that human mind emotions understanding of oneself so i heard about life coaching and i just felt that's it this is this is what i am you know my higher calling my purpose is and i did my training into life coaching and the, as you know it's a very vast field so i explored mm-hmm. more about mindfulness meditation all topics around it and uh, i resigned from my job as a gynecologist and i started coaching that is really um a really powerful story because you're the second person i've had the the honor of speaking with who went to medical school and said this was not for me and it was the same concept like my spirit was not in this profession i had to follow my spirit and um the spiritual journey is really interesting and i also just became a life coach about 6 months ago certified and it was also um with the wow. spiritual concept to uh, that there's this shift now how did you did you feel any kind of confusion or did you have any kind of questions from close friends family with well this is a great career or did you feel like you had a lot of support to step away from what you were trained in so first of all i had great support of my husband so the day i told him like i think this is this is it this is my calling this is what i'm looking for he was like sure go go for it if you know it why not so i think that really mattered and uh, having my husband's support and uh, you know his parents and my parents yeah there were many people who were like what is this life coach because at that time in india especially even though i was in uk but at home back home nobody even knew what life coach is and to be honest like i on my maternal side my mother's side and also my father's side there is i'm the only doctor in my whole family so i think my cousins and everybody used to feel really proud okay we have this sister who is a doctor and everybody was like oh okay she's leaving medicine and what is she going to do coaching and everybody just knew that swimming coach or football coach you know nobody knew what a life Life coach what is. a life coach is yeah so there were questions and of course as you know like gynecology medicine itself is a very lucrative branch it's very well paid so they were like oh what's going to she's going to do is she going to really even earn anything who comes to life coach so all these questions were there but uh, i think it doesn't matter because my parents and my family could see the transformation because mm-hmm. uh, being a coach you know like early years is all about knowing oneself so it was my journey first few years so i could see from a stressed out doctor to becoming a really calm patient mom and really understanding life much better and i was so much more happier i was a happy person anyway but my husband could clearly see like uh, i was a different person after mm-hmm. you know becoming a coach so i think that matters ultimately the close you know in you know your inner circle and that support i had fully That's wonderful. And it's always nice to see that feedback from the people that know you best to see the change within you that you kind of as a confirmation that you are on your right path. Yes, absolutely. That that really helped, I would say, yeah. So, I have not, I mean, I've mentioned on my podcast I am new to life coaching and but I've never gone into details but this would be a great opportunity for you to describe what it is because you your description on your website was beautiful so I would love for you to just verbalize um what what that really is 
लाइफ कोचिंग यू मीन यस सो टू बी ऑनेस्ट ओवर द इयर्स इज बीन नाउ ऑलमोस्ट थर्टीन ईयर्स आई बीन कोचिंग बेटीना एंड आई थिंक माई डेफिनेशन ऑफ कोचिंग इज बीन चेंजिंग इट्स रियली इवॉल्विंग सो इन द बिगनिंग वैन आई स्टार्ट इट इज वॉज मोर अबाउट ओके इफ समबडी कम्स टू मी विद सर्टन गोल दे आर स्ट्रेस दैन इट्स अबाउट हेल्पिंग दैम रियली यू नो लर्न हाउ टू मैनेज देयर स्ट्रेस इफ दे आर कमिंग विद द गोल ऑफ यू नो बिकमिंग मोर कॉन्फिडेंट और इम्प्रूविंग देयर रिलेशनशिप विद सम वन इट्स अबाउट डाइविंग डीप इन टू दैट पर्टिकुलर goal and facilitate their journey but now over the years what i have realized it's it's all about helping someone really get in touch with their own spirit with their own wholeness recognizing that they are not just their circumstances their mind their emotions actually they are much much more than that and uh, by going through that experience myself i think it's as a coach it's our you know responsibility i can say or um, this is the journey really to help that person through having unconditional love and regard for that person and that's why the relationship between a coach and coachy i feel is the most crucial and important thing in coaching more than any process more than any tools it's like you know even though we have our family and friends in life but coach like i have my own coach and i know that's how my clients feel when they talk mm-hmm. about me it's like having a person who has no agenda of its own no judgments whatsoever only pure unconditional love and i think that's quite a rare thing in today's time taking into account everybody is you know stressed up out about their own life so having someone like that by your side i think like an ally it is the most beautiful thing a person can have so coaching is much more than what i used to think just helping someone you know get results it's like really helping someone really know what life is all about what their being their purpose the meaning of life is all about so it's much much deeper and i would say a lot spiritual in nature my coaching now is yeah yeah and i liked how you used the word ally that mm-hmm. a lot of us are going through life and we have our friends we have our family but it's not always that we can really have someone that doesn't have some sort of relationship with us right that can still be yeah. an ally to us and and help us find that meaning and purpose when you speak with your clients or you you're working through that do you feel that either a lack of self-awareness tends to be more prominent or just a lack of purpose or is it really just kind of anything it can be anything it really varies i would say but you know uh, but lack of awareness uh, a lot so a lot of time in the especially in the first couple of sessions people say oh my god i never realized that mm-hmm. like even recognizing the fact that it's not you know my partner or it's not my work it's not my child who is driving me crazy it's not just because there are deadlines it's because the way i am thinking about that it's my own thoughts so i think that's the kind of first self awareness which kicks in when people come to a coach and uh, sometimes people come with you know directly feeling that oh i want to know my purpose but i would say that's very rare mm-hmm. in my experience most of the time they are in some circumstances where they're feeling stressed or anxious or they they know there's a better way you know to do this thing called life in a mm-hmm. more relaxed way but they just don't know how 
because maybe they have never learned about it they are just you know kind of rushing through life so self awareness is is a big part of it and you mentioned mindfulness earlier and i've i've heard the term more more prominent here in the united states within the last few years i heard it from my own coach um mm. How do you feel mindfulness has been something as a tool that you've used in your practice? So to be honest, Bettina, I don't use mindfulness as a tool. It's more of a way of life, I would call it. Mm-hmm. And again, I even don't use the word mindfulness with my clients or the people I talk. I prefer to use the term really coming alive in every moment. so the way i see it is like you know and i realized that be the difference between the way i live now and when i was a doctor it's not that there are times when i'm really working a lot and i have two teenage daughters and a family and my mom in law was going through some health issues recently she's with us so there's a lot going on but still it's not that i'm overwhelmed or stressed out because i know everything is just managing on its own i just have to do my part so coming back to that this is how i see mindfulness really being fully present in every moment to moment just really being fully alive even if that's a moment of sadness because okay my child is going through uh, a sad moment uh, they had something with the friend or they are not liking the online you know studies and they just <laughs> are not they are not in a state to listen they just need someone who can hold space for them just be with them without saying anything so that's a sad moment but it's about really being fully present with all my attention my awareness and my presence and love in that moment that's how i see mindfulness and mm-hmm. when i'm working with my clients that's what i'm really facilitating for them as well like how you can be fully present whatever comes your way whatever because even in the middle of chaos it's not about making sense of it it's not about only finding solution it's about really accepting what is Yeah. and being in flow with it yeah so this is how i see mindfulness and yeah it's it is a buzzword in india as well many people are talking about it people are really interested you know knowing what is mindfulness so that's how i see it you know joy and aliveness of every moment and you mentioned also that you studied nlp or neuro linguistic programming can you expand on that a little bit and and uh just explain it as well yeah sure so again i i don't use the word nlp now anymore it's more of you know over the years i have seen it's more of understanding self everything kind of get dissolved into that <laughs> though nlp i would describe very simply is just a way of understanding how your own belief system your own value system your own thoughts are impacting you so that that is it can be used as a tool or a process to really help someone understand that it's not the events again it's not the triggers that are driving you it's rather subconsciously how you are you know interpreting those uh, events interpreting those triggers and then reacting to them so it's again uh, using it as a self awareness tool so once people start understanding oh okay the reason i react to my partner when we talk about money is because of my 
own belief about mm. my because of my own belief about life and people or because of my own insecurities so once once that awareness kicks in then the transformation begins because then they see okay there is a way to unlearn this and also start learning new empowering beliefs so one of the work that i do through nlp is the beliefs changing beliefs you know understanding your belief system because our beliefs really run our life a lot and mm. subconsciously and a lot of time we are not aware of them i also saw that you have your own podcast called called raising parents 2.0 what made you want to go into podcasting and and describe and tell us a little bit more about that, please? Sure, I would love that. Thank you. So, uh, Bettina, in the early years when I started coaching, I, uh, you know, when I actually started my training, I had a baby in my arms and a toddler at home. So once I became a coach and I started, I was so interested in knowing more about how to how I can become a better mother and mm. how to parent my children while I was navigating, you know, the world of coaching, transitioning my career. And it just so happens, I think it's the way of life and it always happened with me. And I'm sure uh, you and other coaches would correlate with that. Whatever we need to learn, those are the people who come to us. Yeah. Coaching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that happens. So in my early years and I was a qualified teen and parent coach as well. I had done my qualification in that. So all people who were coming to me, they were families, teenagers and their parents. And I was loving it because I was studying parenting, you know, whatever it would come my way, I would just study how to be more mindful parent, positive parenting and everything. But it was more from I would say my experience with my children, how to do you know better motherhood and with my clients uh, i become interest i became interested into you know parenting and over the years many families i have coached so when i thought last year you know when we were in lockdown and i was thinking about doing a podcast so i thought okay over the years i have explored many areas but parenting is something which you know I can just speak impromptu a lot and I, I had a lot of content because I was doing, you know, once for a time workshops almost every month for parents. When I moved back to India, you know, in 2012, I think for a couple of years, every month I was, you know, working in groups with parents and there was a lot of things, you know, I could talk about like connection parenting, positive parenting, mindful parenting. So I thought that would be the topic, first topic I would love to start with. And I always believe that parenting is all about about raising ourselves not raising our children that's what my journey has taught me mm. i have learned a lot from my children so i feel it's a spiritual path parenting is a spiritual path and that's why i call it uh, raising parents in which i talk about how as parents we can raise ourselves to be more mindful more aware and conscious human beings so naturally we would raise conscious children mm. so that's what the podcast is all about I really like that. And there was one topic I was going through and this hit it hit home about mental health of children during a pandemic. Mm. You know, especially with what looks like it's coming again and again, you know, this is just a such a a strange time. Would you what would you say for parents to be like one or two things to really be aware of as parents um at this point in time? 
Yeah, you're absolutely right, Bettina, that mental health is something people are coming again and again. Like uh, right now, I'm coaching many teenagers. I have two teens at home and I'm seeing, you know, the roller coaster we are going through yeah. emotionally. It's, it's huge. So first thing I want to say to all parents is please hang in there. Because I see parents are very anxious, sometimes even angry looking at, you know, their children. Many times they realize that... <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, Many times they realize that uh, children are going through a difficult time, but other times they start losing it because, uh, you know, teenagers, especially they are most of the time on their screens. They are not interested in doing things at home and they don't want to go out if it's allowed. So what is happening is I tell parents is that they themselves are going through huge level of stress. Mm. Even now, now they even have social anxiety, a lot of teenagers, and they just are not able to make sense of all this. It's been more than a year now. They haven't, you know, the normal schools where they would go out and mingle. I know in some countries schools have opened, in India it is not still opened, and many countries still not opened. So they are really desperate now to go back to a normal life where they could, you know, go out, meet people, meet their friends, have normal school, and it's really taking a huge toll on their mental emotional health so this is the first thing for us to recognize even though because a lot of time parents tell me you know Salvani, okay we are privileged at least we have food at least we are mm-hmm. alive there are people who are dying you know all over the world this is this does not help this really yeah. does not make a child grateful because it's like undermining that okay their pain is less than others pain mm-hmm. which is not true it's about really being present and accepting that yes my child is going through stress and pain even though many children will not express that they have their own way of coping with that so some children become just quiet they go into their own shell they just stay on screens and they're quiet some will express in forms of anger so I remember I was coaching a mom yesterday and she was telling me my daughter is yelling all the time she's angry all the time she doesn't want to study what do I do and I was telling her this this anger, this pain, this yelling is a cry for help because she is not able to express what she's going through. So it will need a lot more patience from you, a lot more love. And of course, self-care is also very important for parents because the irony of the situation is because parents are going through their own, you know, pain. Mm-hmm. Many parents, you know, are helping their own parents going through COVID or friends and they are hearing deaths. So they themselves are under stress and overwhelm. And at this time, it's like really help ask somebody to hold space for you and then you hold space for your children. But this is what they need and be very vigilant as well. Notice if there are any changes, like if your child is not able to sleep, not eat, notice that. And if you feel, take help of a mental health professional. This is Mm -hmm. what I would recommend. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. And then I also saw you have an ebook, How to Stop Overthinking in Three Minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that came from, uh, you know, a client only nudged me because, you know, a couple of years back, I noticed that I was actually coaching a lot, many, many leaders and entrepreneurs as well. And everybody who would come to me, you know, at the end of, you know, first or second session, we would recognize that this person is overthinking a lot. And they would say, you know, I keep on thinking a situation happened and I keep on rehashing that in my mind 
ओवर एनालाइजिंग वट शुड आई डू ओवर डिसीजन मेकिंग और एनी थिंग एंड देन मेड मी थिंक वट्स गोइंग ऑन एवरीबडी इज लाइक एंड लिटरली लाइक अ पैंडमिक आई वॉज फीलिंग इट्स देयर ऑफ ओवर थिंकिंग एंड देन आई वुड टॉक टू माई फ्रेंड्स एंड आई रियलाइज इट इज लाइक दैट लाइक पीपल आर जस्ट ओवर थिंकिंग सो आई डिड सम यू नो रिसर्च एंड आई रियलाइज अकॉर्डिंग टू सर्विस एक्चुअली इट्स मोर देन एटी परसेंट अर्बन पीपल दे ओवर थिंक एंड देन मेड मी थिंक टू राइट अ बुक एंड देन वन ऑफ माई क्लाइंट सेट दैट सोनी प्लीज राइट इट फॉर बिजी पीपल हु इवन डोंट हैव टाइम टू रीड सो आई रोट दिस हैंडबुक <laughs> which is very short and they loved it so it's like more of an overview why we overthink what makes us you know go in this loop habit of uh, overthinking and what are basic principles to create a mind which is calm clear and then i created a tool which is like a 3 minutes uh, meditation tool which if you do every single day i feel that will make a difference in quieting your mind and take you out of this overthinking habit So that's how book came, and that also happened in the lockdown. <laughs> I thought, okay, I have some time, so let me do, you know, write and finish this. Well, when we have some time, we can produce amazing things, and and this. <laughs> so my podcast is called In the Rising, and I I tend to ask mm. this question a lot. What are your goals still to help you rise up to what you feel your purpose is here? Wow, that's beautiful! Thank you for this question, Bettina. Wonderful question, and I love the name of your podcast. Really, <laughs> I really loved that, and it's like it's beautiful. So, what's in the rising for me? I would say it's about. It's my journey has been for I would say for many years now. Actually, just coming home. Mm-hmm. coming home to myself and i notice that every time there is a lot has happened in last couple of years especially in my personal life with you know people being sick and lot of you know emotional you know turmoils and every time i notice it's like a you know a tsunami of you know emotions come over some some loved one or myself and then there is deep peace so i always feel that it's always about coming home to myself and uh, that's where my purpose really lies like in my experience of my own wholeness mm. my own spirit my own journey and then bringing that unconditionally loving myself and everyone i interact with and then bringing that to my clients to my family or to anyone i'm talking to so that's what i feel is my purpose and is in the rising it's it's just ongoing and i think it will keep on going till my last breath that's how i see it finding wholeness and finding your way home and you are where your home is So I enjoyed the conversation with Dr. Singh. She just is a phenomenal woman and what I what struck me is that she was willing and wanting and needing to step out of her success as a doctor but to be in her purpose. And that takes a lot of courage in my view and is also really beautiful to watch. So I hope that you gained as much out of this conversation with Dr. Singh as I did and you know what If you did, share it and put a five-star review. It does so much not only for me and the podcast, but also for the person that shared their time and their story with us. So, until next time, let's keep building one another up. Bye.